This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Hello and welcome to the American Horror Story Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for FX's Horror Story. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And tonight we're talking about episode 706, Midwestern Assassin, on this cult season. Cecily, what did you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah? Except for the mass shooting part. (sighs) You know, I mean, uh, this is not... Everyone's talking about this, but the big... um, Let's talk about this for a minute. Okay. Um... The big takeaway from the well, God damn! I just I feel like I there's no way to t- talk about this the appropriate way. But you know, uh, one of the things that came out of the Las Vegas shooting is American Horror Story said, "Oh, we just had a mass shooting episode. We're going to have to retool it and edit it for sensitive viewers." Um, I mean, did they? What did they change? You know? Right, that's what everyone's wanting to know because it felt like showing it from two perspectives. It was like like the first five-minute cold open was really brutal, really brutal. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for you if you've been through a mass shooting or if you had a friend or family that has. Like, that would be uh, a tough thing to watch because it seemed like it really captured the fear and the desperation uh, of trying to get to safety and and waiting for help to arrive. Um, I am really – I am. I mean, I'm not shocked. I don't think it's inappropriate because we're getting to the point where – Anytime you put something horrific like this in a piece of fiction that you're going to be close enough to a tragedy to be in poor taste. And at some point, I don't know that it's the responsibility of the artist to be sensitive to that. Maybe it's our responsibility as society to try to do something um, to, to, to stem it. Or, or um, we can just decide this is always going to be a part of our lives as Americans, and then we can fucking we should get over it. Right. We shouldn't we shouldn't have to be sensitive because it's like you know you don't get sensitive about uh, car wrecks on the TV because it's just such a common experience. Uh, everyone's lives has been touched by that. So right, exactly. But I, I yeah I, I don't. It's I, not uh, Ryan Murphy's fault. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder what the unedited if, version is. And if anything, it's it's fits perfectly into this season. You know, yeah. just like holding up a mirror to America. Well. Yeah. I mean, right from it, was, the headlines. it couldn't have been more perfectly timed for him, I think. I don't think he's grateful for it, obviously, but, yeah. I mean, the message is clear. Right. And it looks like they cut 45 seconds from... Wow, so that's not, a lot. I'm not sure what that changed as far... I mean, because it doesn't make it any more like devastating what it looks like happened. Mm-mm. So be interested to watch that if it's available anywhere yeah i wonder Maybe i mean like dvds or something yeah i figured that when it comes out on on blu-ray and it's released and the, they'll have although i don't i mean i guess i i just don't understand why we're cutting 45 seconds out of these gun violence scenes because if i am uh you know if i'm if i'm traumatized by some kind of event in current news i'm not going to go and watch a horror movie or horror television show right i think what I th- it looks like what they cut was just the close-ups of like 
I guess they had shots of like a bullet ripping through someone's body and right. like the real close up shots connecting. Right. You can see Allie or um what's her name? Uh, Ivy. Meadow. Meadow, okay. You can see Meadow like shooting people from far away, but the uh-huh. close up shots of like the bullets hitting them are what they cut. Hmm. So they took a little bit of the graphicness out of it. Um, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to compete with the just raw footage of like you know ground level concert footage from that weekend in in Las Vegas. Right. The sound of the gunfire, the people screaming, the bullets, the in, sound of the impact, um, oh. and then just the the uh, I saw one picture of the immediate aftermath where there's just bodies laying on the ground and it just looks like a hurricane went through it, and right. it's like I those were just. Those are in newspapers and television shows all across the country. Right. It's happening every day. Yeah. And like I said, I, I feel like uh, as a culture, we got to decide whether this is something we can stop. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I own guns. I'm not, I'm not an anti-gun freak. Um, however, I also think it's disingenuous to say that we can't do something. I think doing something with 400 million guns in the country is going to take generations and what I fear is if we ever make progress towards some sort of reasonable forms of gun control, if it doesn't work in five years or a decade, it's going to be used as an excuse like, oh, it's, it's, it's useless, give up, and then we'll just go right back. Because that's, that's kind of what the, the history of gun control has kind of been in this country. Did you hear the Chris Hayes um, on MSNBC said that 3% of the country's population own 99% of guns? Yeah, I did see that. I, that that was shocking to me right. because that is uh, – but I, I got to say that I, I know I know at least five people that have 10-plus guns. Right. Me personally. We don't have 10-plus guns. I don't. I said I know, oh, personally, you know personally five people that have 10-plus guns. Gotcha. So um, – you know, and I, you know, I don't, I don't really, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I feel like, uh, like if my buddy Eric in Seattle listened to, he's, I, cause I was about to say, he's like, and I don't know any, like, really what I would describe as gun nuts, but then, like, cause that's. Oh, I know, I know a few people who are gun you? nuts. Yeah. Um, I guess in Indiana, where you have a lot more of the open uh-huh. fields and things like that, you uh-huh. find a lot more people to shoot. And so, or I mean, <laughs> well, that too. A lot more people have places to shoot that are right. out in the open, so I think yeah. that accounts for. But that's the thing, like you know, owning ten guns in a rural area is not super unusual. Right, right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is that um, you know from the Midwest where we're at, right? And this show takes place, then yeah, it's not unusual. No, no. Um, like I would say like a guy like Harrison with the big vault and he's got like 20 or 30 of them. Like that's, right. that's your, that's well, they're certain. like lays. And also how much are you like, I, I also think the gut, the gun nut is the ones that are like stocking like cases of ammo. That's, that's where you start to get, but you know, there again, it's all relative, right? Like a person living in Seattle or LA or New York might be horrified of a neighbor having a garage that has 10 guns in it. I, to me, it's, that's just, uh, every neighborhood I've ever been in has had that guy. So uh, it's a problem. I don't know whether we as a society will ever, will ever uh, solve it or if it's just going to be something we put up with. Uh, let's talk about the fake scary stuff. Okay. Um, I, I, here's the thing. I am kind of losing touch with this season as characters because there's nobody that I can identify with. There's literally nobody. No. 
Um, and I feel like that I've seen some people say, well, Allie's the one we identify with because, you know, she's been manipulated into being this crazy. And I, I don't think they've told that narrative because Ivy, when we see her do play the finger game, <laughs> the pinky lock game with Kai, she's talking about Ivy being, or uh, Allie being this, this, um, psychotic from like the jump. And she's just been worn down by this person's paranoia and weird phobias and right. passive-aggressive mothering techniques. No, you don't have to justify why nobody identifies with any of the characters because right. I think everyone feels the same way. But I'm saying but a lot you... of feedback are saying that, no, this is – and I get it. Yes, this is the person we're supposed to cling to as the sane person in the show. But I, and I wish I hadn't killed Mayor Winningham because I really liked her. Yeah, she was real cool, which yeah. is why she had to die, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, has there ever been a season of American Horror Story where you identified with anyone? I don't know. I really liked the witches. Yeah, but they were all terrible. Not all of them. Like, what was wrong with the the, the sweet girl that's never been back again <laughs> since that season? She was in Roanoke. Was she? Oh, that's right. She was a stu- she was like had a bit part student film. Okay, I identified uh, with her bit part. <laughs> no, I, I and I felt like no, that's um, not true either. I also I also thought the Sarah Paulson's character was pretty noble in that. Um, and there was a lot of the freaks on the the freak the freak season that I I that like the 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 background ones like the actual genuine freaks. Okay. I thought a lot of them were very compelling. Um, but I don't, yeah, it's like sometimes some seasons of American Horror Story, they don't, they don't really give you a, a touchstone to, to be like, yep, that's the person I would be in this thing. And this is the reactions that I would have. Uh, nobody has given me that this season. Right. So it's, it's, it's tough for me to kind of connect with. And it hasn't been, none of this has been scary. There's been some, like I said, the torture porn stuff of last week, uh, was hard to watch, but there's not been a lot of stuff that's been genuinely terrifying since like the first few episodes. No. So I kind of miss that. I'm hoping they ramp that up as we get in uh, the Halloween season. I guess maybe if you believe that there are people out there like this, then that's where the fear comes from. Right. And that's the thing. Or if you are one of these people who identifies with some of the phobias that Allie is manifesting, then maybe it's scary to you, but... Yeah. No, no. I mean, they haven't put, like, jump scares and things like the typical Ryan Murphy thing. You think he's getting bored with the standard formula? Last year he did the Roanoke, which seems like just a big experiment in storytelling. And this year they've just said no supernatural at all. I don't think he's bored. I think he really has a a clear idea of a story that he wanted to tell. I just don't know that he's got the time and attention to do it. Because I I think that a lot of these issues he's grappling with are certainly issues that need to be grappled with. Um, But you... To, to be effective and not be dismissed, you you got to be – it's got to be really tight. And this show is the opposite of that. So let's move on to the episode itself. Uh, we open up with Cam, uh, Kai giving a stirring campaign speech. Uh, but we see him being shot by – I think – uh, we're not – we don't know who the assailant is in the beginning. Uh, I, we see Ivy and Harrison are there. I think the blonde cop is there. There's a struggle for the gun in the distance. And we see the alley's holding it and Kai – Will collapse on the ground, possibly dead, which means we're going to be treated to a whole bunch of flashbacks this episode. Uh, we go back to the flashback of Meadow getting abducted outside of Allie's window. Dr. Vincent calls. Allie is very suspicious about why he chose to call at this moment. And he's like, oh, you know, Ivy's concerned about you. And he advises that she should go and get some sleep uh, and think about how things look in the morning. And she says, I'll do that. Spoiler alert, she doesn't. She does not. <laughs> she runs back to Harrison's house, 
grabs a kitchen knife first, sees Harrison and his cop boyfriend fucking. And I mean fucking. <laughs> They're going at that shit hammer and tong. Yeah, she was on a mission. She climbed in the window through the bathroom. I don't know how she got through that room without being detected by them. They were fine. I mean, you you know, you you're, you when you when you're when you're but getting sl- that down on your your boyfriend, it's uh, easy to be distracted. But a slight noise in the garage brought you downstairs? Hmm. I don't me? Know. Are you talking about me? No, I don't. No, I'm talking I about when the cop shows up after she frees. Well, I'm fucking my cop boyfriend. What's going on in the garage is the furthest thing in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she goes and finds Meadow and rescues her, and then Harrison and the cop boy, the boyfriend try to stop him, but Harrison gets his face sprayed with mace, and then they bone the fuck out in Allie's car, and decide to hole up in the butchery, because why would you go to one of the places that's your wife's stronghold when you think that she is, uh... Guilty of being in a cult and playing with your mind, right? Exactly. I think it's because they only have so many sets, <laughs> and, and, and Murphy's like, "I'm not writing a fifty thousand dollar check just for plot reasons." Yeah, they could have just like shot the scene from the front seat of the car, right? As they're driving. Yeah, green, she's like, screen, "Well, we, we can't just drive moving. around all over." It's like, why can you seem like staying mobile would be the best thing, or like you know, getting right. putting miles between you and this situation would or be is, the way to go. Has anyone considered? contacting the police well in this town that'd be a bad idea since apparently they're owned and operated entirely by the cult but no it's just one dude this cult I... is not that big yet hmm. yeah i don't know but it seems like he has a disproportionate impact on the policing uh he's the lead cult investigator maybe i don't know uh so meadow says look I got all this dirty information on this cult, and and Allie says, convince me. And Meadow looks at her and it's like, for real? Which is, I think, what the audience is saying, too. But she goes, yeah. So she says that, um, you know, the problem with liberals is they don't believe anything, and that's what makes room for guys like it's it's It's... The Jehovah's Witnesses... Believing in nothing is the problem. Yeah, the Jehovah's Witness uh, used to say this. It's like, if you don't believe anything, your mind is like a well-swept room, clean apartment, ready for the demons to move in. (laughs) So you need to fill up your brain with Holy Spirit or whatever. Um, So yeah, more of that stuff. She says, I never knew love until I met Kai. He gives her this business about how she's a bee larva and she has to shed her skin to be a queen which is going to be a painful process, but he believes in her and she's going to burn brighter than anyone. And she says, this is better than a Zanny high. <laughs> and she's, there's lots of scenes of her dressing him and she's just looking at him. Like he's the yeah. the best thing since sliced bread. And she says, I felt weak and trapped by feminist expectations. And he's always kissing her and touching <laughs> her. And then we hit a speed bump because she overhears him giving the queen talk to Ivy. Oh, uh, let's no. stop there and discuss. Uh, women feeling trapped by feminist expectations. What do you think? I think that's the opposite idea of being a feminist. Uh huh. Is the expectations that of society is put upon you? Right. So if she's being trapped, it's by her own expectations of herself and what she should be, which is a bizarre statement to make if you're in a platonic marriage with mm-hmm. a gay man. Mm-hmm. Like, what expectations are you? Are you fulfilling? I mean, I do think that that's a common sentiment that women feel like if they're not, quote unquote, having it all, they're failing somehow. And there are still like as as hard as you try to shed expectations. Um, 
it's 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 really hard to do. I mean, I feel like that any any kind of, of feminist movement, if if I understand it correctly, they are their end goal is for women to be whatever kind of women they want, right. without anybody external force to come in and say you can't do that or you have to be this way. Like if you want to be a super girly woman and be a, a homemaker and a mom and make apple pies, that's fine. You can still be a feminist. Right. You can be a man and but still be a feminist. But if you want to be a business owner, you don't want someone saying, get back to the kitchen, little missy, or right. don't worry your head about these big ideas. Like that's that's what they're trying to fight. So Right. So I think it's kind of a misplaced statement there. I don't understand what she's but getting I, at. I do feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of women that feel confused because you know uh, it is whenever like I'm trying to relate this to my experience because like when I first stopped believing in kind of like the Bible for example all my life I lived this I had this instruction booklet that says here's what you do and if you do this you're going to be happy suddenly if you throw that book out it's like well you can do whatever the hell you want and maybe you'll be happy maybe you won't and that's kind of scary so like I feel like throwing out the playbook of what it's like to be a socially acceptable woman is probably scary for certain types of people. Just like you see a lot of men anxious and afraid because the stereotypes of masculinity are being threatened today. Right. Here's an idea. Yes. Live your life. Don't worry about anyone else's life. Right. What other people are doing is not affect you unless it does. So she hears him giving the same speech to Ivy, and now she wants to leave. And she's packing all of her clothes, and Kai comes in, is like, what the fuck? And she just dresses him down and calls him crazy and insane and weak, and she's going to call the police. Uh, and then, Or no, she's going to – no, that's the, – Kai says, oh, Harrison, call the cops. Something terrible has happened to your wife. And she's hogtied, and Kai comes in and berates her and tells her she's worthless. There's this, I don't know, Kai pulls a knife and acts like maybe he knifes him, and then they, they Harrison dumps her in her grave. Like, the, all this stuff I'm not too sure about. Like, I understand they're going to recontextualize all this at the end of the episode, but I really don't get the time Harrison was screaming and covered in blood. Yeah, have like, we even gotten to that point in the timeline yet? We had to. Have. You had to. Have. I, I think that's now I'm contextualized okay, so that as people. We're that was just past that, that. that's just them fucking with Allie. With well, doesn't the make any help sense. He was police. actually ar- arrested. Uh, yeah, I don't I, think the police are in on it. Not all of them. No. I mean, not okay. Well, we we'll we got feedback on that that I want to see what you say about. Uh, so Allie says we got to call the cops. And Meadow says we can't go to the cops. We have to kill Kai. All right. So then we jump to some other indeterminate period of time where Kai is campaigning in the town hall about he's giving a speech about boogeymen and how we should be afraid and take action. And and Mayor uh, Winningham. uh, Winningham. uh, I I wrote down Mariel Maringham. Okay, (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) That's what I came up with. Mayor Winningham steps up and says, this is all bullshit. You are not garbage or a piece of shit. You're just a flies buzzing around the garbage. We need to take care of the garbage and the flies and ignore the flies. And he goes, oh, oh, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but you've missed a deadline to be a candidate. And she's like, right in, bitch. Boom. And Kai's wheels start spinning. Is he actually threatened by her? Oh, absolutely. She's got a more powerful, rational message. His plan only works if everyone around him is scared. Her plan works by saying, um, 
you don't have to be scared because it's really not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Do you like f- she says, the crime's down and slow as it's ever been. Do you feel like this is a analogy or a, um, an allegory for Hillary versus Trump? 100%. Hmm. Trump is doing the exact same thing or was saying that, you know, things are scarier than ever when actually crime has been down and it's not any of his doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess... Just like unemployment rates being at their lowest ever when he took office. Like, right that on. had nothing to do with you. Right on. Um, although, I got to say that I feel like uh, Mayor Winningham is a, was a better candidate for for Hillary. Because this is like, for it to be a perfect... For it to be a perfect... Um, oh, you mean this particular interaction between the two of them? No, I mean, just for, a, for it to be a perfect analogy, like, this woman would have to have been in public office for 30 years and had, like, you know, the people in the area have really strong feelings about her and... Maybe you know. she was. Uh, but, I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't go into that. She was just, like, this very strong... Um, candidate who threatened the other, and the only way the the Kai could deal with her is by murdering her. Right. I'm curious what her qualifications were because she seemed to be really well established. I mean, she's living alone in this incredible house. She's smart. She's well educated. Exactly. She had to have been some sort of some sort of capacity where people knew her because also mm. when she announced her candidacy, not once did she say what her name was. <laughs> Just assumed everyone already knew. <laughs> Uh no she did she she actually has a name I didn't I'm just gonna call her Mayor Winningham throughout the other because she's that. dead and I she's hate not that when they back. don't introduce characters and you have to go to IMDb to confirm their name there, no her name was mentioned several times I just didn't write it down because again she died this episode so well, I didn't get it so <laughs> uh, Ivy is freaking out there's another flashback and Ivy's freaking out about the one armed Trump voter and she's how she saw at the polling place and uh winter's like relax my brother can fix anything and she walks in and he's in mid-speech about sheep bleeding and being a day late and 74 electoral vote short and the way like i don't the way i don't know what exactly bugs me about the way this speech is being delivered but it's just so over the top and up its own ass and smug that I can't believe Ivy didn't just pivot on her heel and like fuck. I, I just want me to believe that Ivy, who's so ideologically pure, well, not ideologically pure, so pragmatic and staunchly liberal that she would be pissed to the point of wanting to murder her wife for, for voting Jill Stein, would come in here and be like, yes, I want to ha- hear what these people have to say. Now, Maybe she's really afraid of getting, I don't know, arrested for unwrong, unwrongful confinement. I, I, I don't know. But I, I just it, – it, it kind of stretches my suspension of disbelief that these diverse group of political people would all form together under Kai because, I don't know, they still haven't – they still haven't sold me as being like super competent or super intelligent or super anything but reactionary. Well, here's the thing with Ivy that I'm thinking – she got in too deep. She obviously with winter, she let her talk her into tying this guy up and she felt good about it until she got caught. Basically. I can't believe she saw the bloody armed guy, but didn't remember the blue haired guy that brought him in. Mm. Did you yeah. think that's weird? I would think I would remember that as one but, grisly package. Sure. Yeah. But as soon as he, she goes down there and he says, you know, I'm the one that freed him. It's like, well, you're kind of stuck. It's blackmail. Yeah. Right? The same reason that she put the nail in 
uh, RJ's head in yeah, the last episode. It's like yeah. either it's you or it's him or it's you now. I know blackmail works and I've seen it in, in real life and on fiction, but it always bugs me because it seems like that a, per, a rational person would be like, well, it's going to suck to be found out, but it's only going to go get worse. And it's not like the blackmail goes away. Right, exactly. It just emboldens them to hit you up again sometime in the future. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I mean, she she's says... also got her family to worry about, too. Right, her Oz. Son. She says, uh, look, fuck you. I'm not doing this pinky thing. He goes, oh, yeah? Well, what happens when Gary gets here with this stub of an arm and finds out that you're here, too? And big, scary things might happen, and you'll be in jail. And she's like, okay, fine. Fuck it. She locks Pinky's with him and goes, what What makes you afraid? And she goes, the Trump administration. He screams, lies! What fills your heart with dread? And she instantly goes to lying next to my wife in bed, which I'm like, really? No no stop between the Trump administration and I've hated my wife all along. Uh, it seems like it's just the first thing that popped into her head. So she hates... I mean, like, the most prominent thing that she's dealing with, her emotional pain right now. She hates her fragility. She hates her phobia. She hates how when they were uh, when when Allie got pregnant with their child, that you know she was the one that be, was able to be the mother, and she couldn't because of her endometriosis. And 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 Allie never let her forget it. Like she'd want to feed the baby, and she's like, "Oh, rubber nipples, boo! I've got real nipples." And you know, kind of. Yeah, I'm not saying that Allie wasn't shitty about this. Like you was know. She? I mean, I didn't get that impression. I think it was just like jealousy and resentment that maybe if she had talked to her wife about, maybe yeah. if they had just spoken. But Allie, once about Allie it. shut it down. Like she wasn't open. It wasn't like you know. I, I I feel a little sympathy for Ivy because when a person says, "Oh, my baby's not going to want rubber nipples," and "Oh, don't even think about putting something artificial inside my baby." Like it's that's that's a way that's not like a, oh don't worry about it I, I don't mind feeding the baby it's it's a way of like shutting down her wanting to be part of this mothering process too I didn't get that impression I mean maybe that's maybe that's true we well, don't it's know interesting what because a lot mind. of a lot of men this is one of the re- like I do feel like this is a somewhat common experience for men to feel kind of like lost and bewildered and shut out of the process because we are not biologically equipped with it and it's uncomfortable and. Like, you know, we have society's expectations of how we're supposed to behave, and um, it's not uncommon to feel that detachment. And then that early detachment leads into just later detachment from from everything. I mean, Uh, are you that conscious of your pronouns all the time? What are you talking about? Like, when I come go home and pet my cat, I'm like, oh, it's my baby. I don't consciously say, look, it's our cat. No, I don't think it's just that. If I spill spill coffee on a chair, it's not like, oh, my chair. I just think they're exploring like this uh, masculine alienation from the childbirth process by, but through the lens of this this lesbian relationship. That's all I'm saying. Right. I you think can take is, whatever you want out of it, and but what 30, Ivy took out of it is that she was being shut out. Yeah. No. And she's obviously taking weight, and she should be communicating, and this all. But I'm saying, like, I don't know, like. The first two episodes, they seem like an ideal couple that was hitting a rough patch. And here they're wanting to retcon for them literally being miserable together for 10 plus years. I do not agree. Really? I think that, I mean, like I said in the last episode, you know, Allie came to her with a sex toy to try to reignite a spark. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a baby. It, to me, it looks like Ivy has been building resentment that if you just had open communication in your marriage, it would be a lot different. Well, yeah. You show me... a. Uh, like hard evidence that Allie has done something 
or changed in some fundamental way since they've been married, then then maybe I'll start to believe you. And maybe that's what he wants, but that's not what I'm getting. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so she, Oz, or not, I'm sorry, Oz. Kai says, would my young hot sister make you happy? Which, Weird. super creepy. And she goes, and Allie, without even batting an eye, Ivy. said, oh yeah, Ivy. Ivy and Allie. Ivy. Ivy, without even batting an eye, says, yes. But I also have to have Ive. Or uh, Oz. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. I also have to have Oz. And... I was like, I felt like this is turned into an episode of Pawn Stars. Like, you know, it's like, uh, I got a. That's he's like, uh, how about the, my young, young hot uh, sister? Okay, but uh, need Oz. All right, that's the best I can do. Like, they're just haggling over this weird murder future. And so he's weird. he he actually says, "Have you ever thought about killing her wife?" Goes, "Oh no, I can't do that because I couldn't do it to Oz." But she does wish her dead. She does. She wants her out of her life and shut out from Oz. Which is also traumatic for him. And he goes, well, we just got to make sure no court will ever grant her custody. Which is, explains why they're trying to make her seem crazy. Insane, yeah. It seems like if your brother is a uh, a therapist that's in on this whole thing, he could just write up a whole bunch of, you know, whatever and, 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 send, and send her. I, I feel like that, I don't know. It's all, it, it's, it seems like it, it would be pretty easy to have someone committed if you have a professional on your side and a family and like, and you just like, like if you had a family that hated somebody and then they had a sympathetic psychiatrist, like they could really, you could have someone involuntary committed and probably keep them there for a lot longer time than we're all comfortable admitting. That's like what it's, this is like a tie in to season two of American horror story Mm. where her, her character, um, Lana Winters does a Nelly Bly and checks herself as a same right, right, person right. checks herself into an asylum. I ah, think that's, that's, that's we're going to tie in there. That's a bad, that's, that's, that's a bad scene. <laughs> like I, that those, uh, what the fuck do you do? I know that's like the, the Homeland season two, uh, the episode of, sure. uh, the, the, the season of uh, boardwalk empire where, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Jillian. Yeah. Jillian, Jillian got committed. Like all that stuff is just terrifying to me. Yeah. Uh, so Allie, did you say the Nick? The Nick is there a oh the oh, girl yeah, yeah, got her teeth pulled out? Right, yeah, right, right. Oof. That's bad. I mean, that's, that's it's that, bad. It's bad news. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Allie brings Meadow back to Doctor Vincent's office because she still trusts him, uh, and she says, "I want you to be my expert witness. I'm going to go away and deal with some things. I want you to talk to this woman, and I'll be back in two hours, and I'll pay you." And the whole time, Dr. Vincent is like, okay, this is, he's, let me ask you this. Do you think that Dr. Vincent knows about the cult and the cult knows about Dr. Vincent? I was going to ask you the same thing. The call that he placed in the beginning of the episode seems like yes. Him letting Meadow leave seems like no. But who knows what really happened? Is this the point where? She- Wait, why do you think him letting Meadow go would be no? Because that's if he was in on the I'm- cult, that's she. He needs she needs to do her mission. Oh yeah, that's right. Because she was also in on it. I was thinking that maybe he killed her, but now I realize that it's not what happened. I just feel like they've had so many hints about him, and the fact that he started like the pinky thing, and he's the one that started like what, you know opening Kai's eyes to like you can do whatever the fuck you want, and no one's really going to stop you. You know, you can have your parents up here in this weird mausoleum. It's 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 better for us all. Like, but what is his role really? I don't know. Legitimizing, like, I'll, yeah, because oh, you know, I guess his ultimate goal would be to involuntarily commit her. Right. 
Right, right, right. So I just don't know to what extent he's involved. Like, I feel like that. Uh, I feel like we're supposed to understand that he is part of the cult. Um, but I'm torn between, in retrospect, the obviousness of Ivy's reveal that she's in the cult with not wanting to believe that they can set up all this evidence and then like he might subvert it and be like oh he's actually innocent this whole time but he's not i mean yeah so it's not a super interesting debate anyway mayor winningham is at her house drinking booze and working on her computer when the door starts pounding she gets her gun it's just Allie. she probably would have been better off just shooting her right then and there but she doesn't she talks a bunch of crazy talk about the cult and Miss Winningham says, I'm not surprised. You know, anytime you threaten the patriarchy, this kind of crazy shit happens. Think about Manson. Think about Jim Jones. Think about David Koresh. No, no accident that Janet Reno is the attorney general and David Koresh starts doing weird shit. And she's all doing this while she's rolling like this little toothpick spliff that she starts smoking. And she goes, nothing shocks me. I went to Berkeley, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> then the glass breaks and clowns. Clowns come out from the woodwork. Allie runs they don't, before yeah. she, they, she is seen. And she confronts them and says, you know, eventually challenges them to a fight. And then someone behind her comes and disarms her. <sighs> I wish she had shot somebody, at least one person. Yeah, that would have been like As soon as satisfying. they come in, you've got grounds to shoot them, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. I, w- I mean, I think you can shoot clowns just on general principle. If they're in your house, yeah, yeah. Right. Stand your clown. That's that's in all 50 states. <laughs> Stand your clown state. <laughs> uh, so Allie, Allie runs to the bathroom while Kai sits down at her open computer and composes a Facebook suicide note. And then he shoots her in the face and stages it to look like oh, a suicide. He shoots her in the chest. Oh, right. Shoots her in the heart. Uh, while Ivy, interestingly enough, spares Allie in the bathroom. She goes, she hears something, because Allie, the whole oh fucking time, is oh making noises, God. and she's like, again... I, I get it if you can't control it, but like, grab a bath towel and bite into it. Something. Cover, cover your mouth with your hand, anything, anything. Give me something clever to cling to as the hero, please. Can I, can I, can I see someone act sane for an entire fucking episode, like they're in real danger instead of all this bullshit... Because, like, I don't know. Anyway, so I she spares her and she walks out. Plan, Why? What was the plan going into, um, I guess her name's Sally. Sally's Sally. house. Sally Kepler. Sally Kepler. Yeah. It's Mayor, oh. Mayor Winningham's character. How did you pull that out of your ass? Did you look this up on <laughs> yeah, IMDb while, while I was reading my notes? A while ago, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what, what was Allie's plan going into Sally's house? I think to to have a like a joint press like I she she said like I I want to have a press conference I want to expose this cult it's the only, like we got to shine the the disinfectant of sunlight on this whole thing oh, okay so I like I said as far as plans go if you're not going to involve the police because that's the thing like maybe they've got this weird suburban urban suburb that they've they control with the police department but what they can't you know there's not call the FBI. Uh, yeah, or, you know, there's, yeah, something. Call everyone. Call right. everyone. Make a bunch of this copies. This police station says, okay, we'll look into it. Maybe call three more police call stations. Call the press. Call, just, just try to shine. Like, But on the other hand, this stuff does sound crazy, and I think she would be dismissed as a crank for most people. So she needs someone. I, I think that's the plan is she needs someone like Miss Mrs. Winningham to uh, but I, give her legitimacy and believe her. But here's the thing. As I said, I'm a I'm a fan of true crime things, and I don't think that they have been clean about this at all. Okay, you're telling me that there's like no 
shoe prints, no hair fibers anywhere in any of these crime scenes. Oh, they're throwing up, they're they're kissing victims, they're... Yeah, they kill a lot of people. That's why I think that more cops than... Or this this blonde cop has got to be like their lead investigator because he's got to be putting the kibosh on all these crime scenes. But how? Without that being mysterious. I mean, you have to bring in the photographer. Didn't you see Making a Murderer? You have to, yes. He's just mishandling evidence and filing it in places and not following up leads. I I, I mean, I don't don't know whether these are oversights or this is just hand waves to like, well, we have the cops on our side or what. You go into what appears to be a suicide, but the window's broken? (laughs) Right. There's a sign of forced entry, and, you know, why would someone shoot themselves in the heart? (laughs) And a suicide note that's written in, you know, not her language speaking style. Right. Just comes out and like, oh, those things I said in a public forum, I meant the opposite. Right. I couldn't handle all this pressure. So Allie comes back and gra- and uh, talks to Dr. Vincent, and she's like, hey, I got someone that believes me. It's time for me to get the meadow. I mean, why didn't she just bring Meadow with her? Why didn't she sit there and let... Like, they're on the run, right? They're at a safe spot in Dr. Vincent's office. Let her tell the story to Dr. Vincent. Then take her to the winning... And then you got two You got two professional witnesses. Right. It's almost like they needed to do it this way so the plot could progress. Hmm. So Dr. Vincent let the Meadow go because, of course, he did. And she's like, look, uh, she wasn't in any immediate danger. She didn't seem like she was crazy. And she's an adult, so I had to let her go. But then, then we get, like, a, a micro flashback... Of him saying, you want to tell me what's going on? And she's like, everything's fine. Because she, she, gets a, she gets a text from Kai. Right. Which so that's why I think If he that, was in on it, then they would the need subterfuge? to have that. Yeah. I mean, there's a really weird look on his face. Unless we can't trust the narrator. Or they're just being ironic about it. Like, you know, because there was a kind of a wry look on both of their faces while this was happening. Or it's like a usual suspects, like, we're just giving you false information. Yes. That's right. Which we'll talk about in the feedback section. Um Anyway, he says, look, I'm more concerned about you. And she's like, fuck this. I got to go. She makes her way to downtown area uh, where Kai's given this campaign. Huh? Walking fast. (laughs) Faces passing. She's butchery bound. (laughs) (laughs) Kai's given this campaign speech from the beginning. And uh, he's talking a whole bunch of shit about Mayor Winningham not being able to cut it and committing suicide. And he's never going to abandon them that way. He's never going to take the easy way out. And Meadow's going to kill Kai and Allie Caesar, um, but she can't get there in time, and Meadow shoots a woman that's standing in front of Kai, shoots Kai in the thigh. Uh, she's a poet. A shooting poet didn't even know it. Shoots just a bunch of people. Uh, she seems to go into, like, a trance. Yeah. It was a weird, weird way to play it, and Allie gets to her and says, stop, stop, what are you doing? Tries to wrestle the gun from her, and she goes, this is the face of true love, and turns the gun on herself and shoots, shoots herself in the face. Uh, the police come and see Allie standing there holding the gun. They're demanding, insisting on her dropping it because they're going to try to sell us on her being the gunman now, the gunwoman in the public's eye. We then go back to a Kai flashback where he's saying to her as she's hogtied, you're worthless, you're useless in the eyes of an unenlightened world. To me, you're everything. You're the only one not afraid to see the truth. And he takes his pants off and he starts fucking her throughout this conversation. Well, she's tied up. She's like, you're right. We are too small time. We have to accelerate things. I need to be elevated to the national stage and you can do it by assassinating me. This is a Christian nation. They love a resurrection. Uh, but he says, first, I'm going to send you to Allie to to give her this this truth that's going to be spoken by a crazy woman and no one will believe her. 
And she goes, no, I can't do it. I'll crack and I'll tell the cops. He's like, no, it'll be our eternal secret or everlasting love. And I'm like, if you're going to crack in front of the cops, how are you not going to crack under the pressure of killing yourself? But she didn't seem to have a problem. They didn't seem to have a problem with it. Because that's what true love is all about. So it seems like with this shooting that nobody else was in on it in the cult. It was just Kai and Meadow. Yeah, but like what? Ivy and Harrison, the they can take officer. care of that with a thirty-second flashback next week. He's like goes outside the rooms. Like I told Meadow that she's the linchpin and she's going to no, kill I'm herself, and they all laugh at her. I'm not suggesting he did. I'm just saying they seem to be the only ones who know about it because it seems shocking to Ivy and Harrison and everyone. That's yeah, it's true. You're tr- you're right. Um, and then that's that's what I'm saying. Allie's taken away by the cops as Ivy looks on, kind of miserable looking. Uh, Kai smiles as he load as he loaded into the ambulance. So he's going to be he's going to be okay. Shot right in the femur, right next to his femoral artery. He'll be fine. Yeah. It'd be funny if he just, like, turns out he bled out in the ambulance. He's super dead. With that many witnesses, (laughs) there is no way. There's no way that anyone's going to believe that she was the one that did it. But they're gonna. They're gonna. Buckle up. Get ready to accept it. Um, Anything else you want to talk about this episode before we move on to feedback? Uh, No. All right. Uh, Feedback. AHS at baldmove.com. If you'd like to send us some. Brian, also known as Texas Sandman on the forums, starts off. As mentioned, uh, this is, uh, we got a couple like we usually do from last week. Uh, as mentioned, this seems pretty early to have all the cult cards on the table. The meeting with all the members is a little conspicuous, in my opinion. Aren't they all at Kai's house? I don't think we've seen the exterior, but it seems like a lot of vehicle traffic. Whatever, they're dead bodies upstairs, so who right. cares? All they got to do is put out one of those signs in the front yard that says, you know, Bible study group, and nobody will bat an eye. Do you remember that? Like, that was a thing a couple years ago. Like, I saw one in my neighborhood in uh, Greenfield, and then when it moved to Cincinnati, there was one of those signs outside one of the apartment complexes. Oh. Yeah, it was like a weekly weekly Bible study group. Had a phone number you could call and just join up. Does that work? Yeah, I feel like, the, the, the I mean, that was just obviously a cult, and, you know, they got Trump elected. So Okay. It worked. Fine. Worked sure. as advertised. Uh, he goes, whatever. There's a lot of dead bodies upstairs. So who cares? Speaking of dead bodies upstairs, were the Anderson parents hermits totally cut off from society? It seems to me that friends and former colleagues would come asking where mom and dad are. Vacation traveling excuse may last for a while, or sooner or later, that's going to run thin. I I don't know because the way the narration was is that he was this like you know big dick lawyer who's been. Uh, paralyzed and now he's being awful to himself and his family and his and I feel like a lot of shallow friends and family kind of withdraw from that type of situation you think so yeah like I don't know that a lot of people would be like you know uh, I haven't seen Bob screaming and berating people around here very like we we should check in on him it's kind of like oh god thank god Bob's just you know malignant and refined and confined to his house I, I don't know so do you think? think I think it's likely that a, a a domestic abuser would kill his wife and himself. It happened to be the opposite in this scenario. Right. But any friends of hers, I think, should be worried. Right. Uh Allie's surprise gift to Allie looked to me like a Wee Vibe four plus, a premium sex toy model. Mm. Retailing that bad boy is about hundred and thirty dollars. Why wouldn't it be a bad girl in this instance? <laughs> I mean, come on. Gendered language, please. Probably not a luxury that Ivy wants to be spending on at that moment. Fun fact, a class action lawsuit against the makers of WeVibe Toys just settled. Apparently, the Bluetooth-controlled models are collecting data in an illegal way. What a time to be alive. When your sex toys are spying on you, that's when Americans say enough. Enough enough is enough. 
that's the final straw? No, because there's probably We Vibe 5 Super Plus. <laughs> drone technology. <laughs> has drone technology, cameras. Yeah, the whole the whole works. Nice. Uh, Joe M., couple things I noticed this episode. The first is about the equal power dynamic between Kai and Beverly. Kai is a stand-in for Trump in this world, and Beverly is supposed to represent the quote-unquote mainstream media, which gives a disproportional amount of coverage to outrageous things like violence and ridiculous things that Trump and Kai say or do. Trump and the media feed off each other, with the media using Trump to boost ratings and Trump using the media as an enemy he can rally his base against. I sort of realized this when Bob told Beverly to stop giving that lunatic Kai so much coverage, which is a frequent criticism of the media during and after the election cycle. The other is regarding the information or the formation of the cult. Dr. Rudy and Kai don't tell the authorities about their parents' death because they don't want to have to pay the death tax on their father's $1 million settlement, which led to them storing their bodies in the bedroom. We are misinformed, however, uh, or they were misinformed, however, because the death tax doesn't affect inheritances less than $5.5 million. If Kai and the doctor had been part of an informed electorate, they would have known the tax didn't apply to them, and they would have nothing to fear alerting the cops of the deaths and preventing the cult from being created. This isn't a perfect analogy for the current political situation that I don't know what is. Super subtle, super cool. I, had, I, I don't know that that's true. It could be hashtag fake news, but right. it sounds right. You know, people... That's one of the other classic tricks that the political class plays on us. They rewrite the meaning of rich and wealthy. So when they get people stirred up with this death tax, they think that, you know, these moms and dads that have scraped away, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or a family or, you know, like all, all these things, they might get lost because the government's going to take it away. And really, we're talking about all big money. Same thing, like they've got doctors and lawyers who are certainly well off and and but but they're essentially working class stiffs compared to the really wealthy thinking that you know they're the wealthy that the poor and the middle class are coming after when they're not they're upper middle class at best so everyone in, it it's like this weird trick where everyone thinks they're more well off than they are and the truly wealthy and well off are just laughing at us all fighting each other right and there's another instance of that uh BJW the suspended reality is killing me. You can't be a local news lady and also the voice of the person that kills the news anchor. Right. There's DNA and kissing people. You kill and throw up in the house of the dead man. That dumb blue hair has to be every place by now. Yep. At this point, the cops in the OJ case would find some of this stuff and have them all in jail. No, oh, the OJ case? <laughs> I yeah, think that's, that's... I think that's a bad example of good police work. But I, I do feel like that they've got... They're, they're trying to make the case that the, because there's one cop in this cult, it's it's... It's fucking up the whole thing because you're right. This stuff is ridiculous yeah. when you list it all out like that. Um, he also made this comment. Side note, after Vegas and the potential political ties, this show may be right on with their mad Democrats revolting thing. I don't understand what that means. Um, I've understood through the grapevine that there's just a whole lot of weird inconsistencies and reversals from the official story that was told about the shooter to what actually is happening and like you know more and more things are being revealed and i don't and and also it's being like i was reading a republican site today called red state and they're saying like oh the media narrative is being destroyed i'm like what they reported what the fucking county sheriff said at the press release and then they are correcting in real time the misinformation as they find out that 
is not a goddamn media narrative. Well, I read on r slash conspiracy theories. <laughs> oh, I bet there's a I bet there's a shit because like oh it's that's, so bad it's so that, bad. But that's the thing. Like, what the fuck was the sh- if, I, I I'm not nearly as informed about this as I need to be. Um, but what the fuck was the sheriff giving the, the talking out of his ass and apparently just making shit up? Right. Um, like I, I get that he's got to do a press rep, uh, a press conference and, but like, if you don't know, don't know, don't say that like, Oh, this is what happened. And this is what happened when, and, cause it just, that's, this is what, this is what causes this conspiracy shit to take hold and, 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 and the spread. Thing. There's no law that you have to do a press conference. You don't need to release everything to the media all the time. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think they should be transparent as possible, but in the middle of the crisis and the hours after, um, I think that's probably maybe get your, maybe get all your stories straight and right. Release a statement that says the shooter is no longer active right, and he's in police custody or whatever it is you need to do to make people feel safe. But do you need a background story? Do you need to know where his girlfriend is within the first 15 minutes? I mean, that's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. So I can't wait to see what the Sandy Hook crazies uh, have come up with uh, the true false flag operation of uh, Las Vegas after this. Um, anyway, Emma D. Just noticed this last episode. Allie has a crippling fear of holes, yet her ears are pierced. How did no one else catch this? Hello, those are holes in your ears, which are attached to your head. How does she not trigger herself on a daily basis looking at herself in the mirror? To be fair, it's it's specific to like clusters of holes, like yeah, the coral like the or cor- honeycombs. Yeah, or the lotus lotus seed pods or shit like that. Um So yeah, it's not it's not a hole, it's it's holes. Like I wonder what her poor situation in her nose is is because like does she ever get in a close in the mirror and like cross herself out, like, oh my god, there's holes in my nose. Like, ah. Right. Mr. Mischief. Okay, Aaron, we get it. You think Ryan Murphy is doing a hack job with AHS this season. That's fine to each their own. But did you really start this last podcast by saying the big <laughs> twist was that Ivy was in on the cult? And oh my God, shocker, who would have ever seen this coming? Slash sarcasm when just two episodes ago you wouldn't even entertain the idea she was in on it because you didn't <laughs> believe it? Come on, man. Same as when he implied that Harrison and Meadow being in on it was a sorry twist that everyone saw coming. Of course we did. The show basically told us that they were there with they were in with their introduction. They are the ones who recorded Kai's setup attack by the Mexicans at the Home Depot. Were we supposed to think Harrison and Meadow were just hanging out in the Home Depot pre-dawn to get a jump on a barrel sale? Of course they're in on it. Murphy isn't breaking any ground at the storytelling, but he's telling a very entertaining story. Don't pretend his twists are so easily predictable when you yourself didn't see it coming. All right. Time for me to get on my soapbox. There are twists like The Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. where you find out that Bruce Willie is actually a ghosty ghost. Right. And you think, holy shit, I'm going to watch this movie again. I'm going to see if all these clues led up. And like, oh, man, if I was, if, it was conceivable for me to put all this together before the end reveal. And I like those twists. Those twists are cool. If you had put it together, it would have been a wild guess. Yeah, or but 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 you know, like I think there's some people that probably could have seen like, oh wait, there's something red, and he never touches anyone, and they never address him or look at him, and they're like, I I, I kind of get it. There's also twists like the Usual Suspects, where Brian Singer, who by the way is rumored to rape teenage boys. I'm just saying now with Harvey Weinstein, uh, liberals in Hollywood, time to clean house. You know, if, if if Brian Singer's raping boys, then they should be taken care of, right? Right. 
Usual Suspects. Usual his Suspects. Biggest, his biggest atrocity was lying to us as the audience. Brian Singer, there is no hint that Kevin Spacey is is Kaiser Sose. There's no hint until the very last scene when he's like, all that shit that I told you before, all bullshit. Here's the real shit. And that's I think, is a bullshit twist. Right. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's like tricking a child. It's not a and twist. I think, it's a manipulation. And I think that's the thing with Ivy. They sold us that they had this solid relationship and there was no, like, the only sign of, of fracturing was the fact that, you know, Allie was going through a period where she's losing her mind about the selection stuff. And then... The second, the episode before the episode you're talking about, they out and out revealed that Ivy is part of the cult, and then they wanted to have a big reveal of that fact that they told us last episode at the right. beginning of the next one. That she had known Winter already, and that right. she, I mean, we continue to get flashbacks about the turmoil in their relationship. Like, there's no way we could have guessed that or known that. Right. So here's, here's, a, here's, a, twist. A, here's a twist for you. I fucking love everything they're doing at this season. It's amazing. You had no idea to know that from my coverage of this show, but I'm telling you now, so be blown away. It's a giant... I just threw a curveball at you. What a twist. You're like probably sitting in your car or on, on at the bathroom, or you just fell off a treadmill at the gym, and you're like, holy shit, Aaron fucking... Woo! Mastery. No, Wait, no, is that's that not a how twist, it works. or are you lying to the audience? I'm lying to the audience. Okay. Uh, but I do not rape teenage boys. That is God's honest truth. Great. Christine from Maine. First, two big reveals this episode. Holes. I was unhappy as you two appeared to be with the fact that Ivy was in on the cult because, of course, and the therapist was the brother because also, of course, I wish they'd just chosen one of those to be true and one to be a red herring. Uh, I kind of think that they're, that, that Murphy might be bringing the doctor not being actually in on it as the red herring. I don't think it's going to work, but I'm I'm bracing myself for that because I agree. I think that it's a little so. Anyway. It's just the the handling of Meadow in the office thing. It's just I don't. No, I, like I said, there's there's some fuckery about, and I I I don't know whether it's going to be another like, oh my god, the doctor's in on the cult, even though they all but told us that, or they're going to have the other unlikely dishonest reveal that the doctor oh sure i wanted us to keep mom and dad in a mausoleum but i didn't think that you were going to then try to bring down all of american society that's nuts like i could see that happening but i think it's going to be pretty funny when it if and when it does um second i was very confused about a scene with meadow i was under the impression this scene took place after the bloody house incident as you discussed in the podcast so where was meadow during this time what happened to her why was there blood all over the house meadow clearly was fine enough to climb out of the hole and run across the street she didn't even look like she's been injured you're both right that this is a confusing scene that doesn't make any sense and the timeline is being presented on perhaps the bloody house is meant to further gaslight the sarah paulson's character that's the only thing that makes sense but, like, they don't I even acknowledge he, it happening. Yeah, he's just, like, lost control of his flashbacks in the story timeline. It'd be or, funny if, like, the editor threw that in as a joke just to see if Murphy would would catch it. Or, <laughs> like I said, have we even gotten to that point in the timeline yet? I don't know. Like I said, I, I that scene is puzzling to me. Ivy was dropping off or picking up Oz from Allie's house. So it's possible that that hasn't happened yet. So... If the doctor didn't, oh no, nope, Meadow's already dead. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I doesn't just make, can't. I can't. Doesn't make, it make work. any goddamn sense. And the other thing is, it can't be after this. It can't be a flash forward because <laughs> Ivy and Allie are already broken up. So Brian S uh, comes back for a second helping with the new episode. 
All the callbacks to Allie voting for Jill Stein gave me a nice little chuckle. Ivy seems to be really hung up on that. Is that why Aaron has such a connection to her? Their shared bewilderment and disdain for third-party voting is uncanny. Cecily, for the sake of your well-being, I hope you did not vote third-party, and if you did, you were able to keep it hidden. Fuck no. Fuck no. Here's the thing. I think people got the wrong idea about me. I'm all for third parties. I'm all for more choice. I hate the false dichotomy that we are forced to choose in this country but the third party lovers amongst us have to realize that the american government is set up to have this two-party system like if a third party ever arises one of the other two parties will fail just like what happened when republicans was born and we'll be back to having two bipolar parties again that's the way the fucking thing is set up and it's because of the way we our elections are run um, there's a lot of different systems that other parts in the world use, and they have a vibrant, thriving, multi-party system um, where people can actually put votes to candidates that align perfectly with their beliefs and not have to make all these crazy compromises. But if you're supporting third party and you're not doing anything about the actual mechanics of the government that are enforcing the two-party system, you are essentially – protest voting which i don't think does anybody any good especially in a swing state like you can get away with that shit in california yeah for the time being right there's another there's another reason why two-party system sucks we got we got the majority of states that are just essentially we have wasted amounts of votes because they're just way overrepresented i mean there's a youtube video where it takes this it takes the mechanics of the american election system it does in a fantasy where the like the like animals are running for office like you got the lion party the owl party mm-hmm. the tiger party the mongoose party and it starts off with like a seven party system what are we talking about democracy or yeah, democracy. legends of the hidden temple no i don't even know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> um get that jumaji shit out of my podcast uh but but it, it shows like it's it's a mathematical certainty that with the voting system and the electoral system we got now that no matter how many parties you start off with or how many parties grow up within a decade or two or several rounds of voting, it'll always go back to a two-party system. And until we change that, you cannot have a vibrant three, four, five-party system. It's a it's a fantasy world. Right. And because of the electoral so college, your that. vote doesn't matter. So change and that. And I voted for Hillary. So change that. Um, I know this won't happen, but shouldn't the police be suspicious and investigate Sally's death as a murder when the insane clan posse broke into Sally's house? I believe there's broken glass and obviously Thank breaking you. damage. But since Detective Ryan Lochte is <laughs> probably running the police department, we can guarantee that won't happen. <laughs> they were robbed. That's <laughs> hey, right. That's right. <laughs> Getting stoned and immediately having clowns descend upon your house must be a terrifying experience. But Saint- Sally handled it like a pro. Her only mistake was not blasting away immediately. I know. Yeah. At least take one of them down. Make it get- Give this cult a little bit of a, a, a screwball, like someone's wounded needs to be taken to the hospital and have the classic fucking Reservoir Dogs debate about it. Like, give me something. I think if you got one of them, you've got them all. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, if he, if she decides to shoot Harrison, she's got uh, the detective. Yeah. You know, text messages, things like that, or I don't know. The police in this town apparently don't work the way they're supposed to, so... David from Chicago. There's no fingerprints on the coffins that they force people into. They were wearing. I mean, they're there's wearing no purchase. There's no purchase records of, of the coff- two yeah. white coffin- lacquered red velvet coffins. No, right, right. Jesus Christ, I can't. I can't. 
David from Chicago, dear Cecily and husband. Yeah. This is the f- <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine. It's it's when when you're wow when, that must be I know when you're sitting from this immense throne of privilege yeah it's like it's it's hard it's it's hard to even shoot this high like the arrows and slings just just fall fall down at my feet no no problem this is the first episode the season has that has truly pissed me off well nothing good and vengeful happened to this cult I know it's not the theme of American Horror Story but goddamn I can't believe Allie was dumb enough to go and grab the gun but do you think that was part of the plan how could the cult know that she would do that ah. Also, nice to know that Colton Hayes is a big old bottom. Yum. I guess that's <gasps> Officer Ryan Lochte. Yeah, apparently he was on... Uh, Fat Bottom Guys. Jeff Davis's Werewolves in on MTV or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's where uh, he's known from. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I think this is what's going to happen. I think Twisty's going to come back at the end of the season and oh my clean. God, he's going to save us real. all. And, Yes, he fucking is. He, he was, was in the fifties. He was he's in the fifties. Oh, and he's just an immortal ghost that's a vin- that, that, that that comes back every Halloween for vengeance on the unrighteous. Yeah, he's coming back. He's going to clean house. I guarantee, goddamn tea it. Nope, guaranteed, nope. guaranteed. Lock here, lock pinkies with me. Fuck no, I'm lock not pinkies. Like this is I for disagree. this is for the Why respect and love of all of our fans. I'm not if doing you, it. Okay, see, see, we see who has got the courage of their convictions. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie. Uh, tonight was my favorite episode this season so far. I know that all of us are still agitated by Allie, but like I said last week, she's the only moral character at this point. Who? Allie. Oh. Say what you want about her unrealized white liberal privilege, but put yourselves in her shoes. She appears as insane and crippling paranoid, but all of it was done with the malicious intent to trigger her and make her lose her shit. By using her... Okay. Yeah, I mean, yes, they are preying on a mentally ill woman, I suppose. Um... But, like, this whole she appeared as insane and cripplingly paranoid, I feel like she did a lot of that stuff to herself and let a lot more of it happen. I'm not trying to victim blame here. I'm just saying that, like, she never seemed like she cultivated any kind of mental and emotional resiliency. Right. It seems like she's had these dormant, you know, fears, and now she's gone through a traumatic event, the election, and it's sort of reawoken all of those things. Yeah. Super annoying. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'm also really excited to compare the edited linear version that aired in contrast to the one on FX now. I have noticed another... Wait, what? The edited linear version that aired in contrast to the one on FX now? Yeah, what we talked about at the beginning, the edited opening scene. So I guess I saw the full meal deal on it because I watched the second time on FX now. I, that, I guess I've seen both versions then, and that's how slight the differences are. 45 seconds. Um, because I watched the second time I was first time we watched it, we watched it live on FX. And then the second time I watched it, I watched it, uh, through FX now app and I didn't see any huge differences. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very, very, very subtle and slight stuff. I've also noticed another theme this season that ties in with how Kai recruits his members all about touch. Touch is paramount to the human experience. In this case, touch starts with the pinky swear, but also delves into sexual spheres. The show is asserting that sex and attraction is a magnetic tool for power. For instance, Harrison and Meadow seem deeply attracted to Kai, and his desire seems to mitigate any hang-ups they might feel about his heinous murders. Yeah, that's a good... That's a... I mean... It's a good theory about what they're doing with the sexuality and touching, but it's like... It's very... 
I guess it's it's just very on the nose. It's a surface explanation. I thought that maybe with this this emphasis on sex that there was some kind of thematic or larger cultural thing he was trying to explore. Maybe uh, if I want to sp- uh, uh, piggyback on the Jamie, we lived in this unconnected society where like someone on our forums, uh, Angie on our forums was sitting there talking about how She's not really unhappy about it, but she's realized that her life has shrunk to essentially her immediate family and the TV and the internet, and she doesn't make an effort to go out, and she doesn't make an effort to make to keep up with friendships, and she's kind of fine with it, but she thinks it's she's 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 worried it's unhealthy, and I've had thoughts like that, like I just hang out with you and my son and Jim, and I don't I've like my my life has gone from having you know a decent amount of friends and going out to just being kind of like homebody and. Am I okay with that? I think I am. Yeah, I mean, if you're happy, then why make it harder on yourself by worrying about things that you're happy about? But do you think if that, you want more friends, then go make friends? Do you think that Murphy? Well, I don't agree because sometimes the like the things that are easy to make you happy, you follow those and they lead you to an unhealthy place. Like you know, if you eat and drink too much because it's awesome, eventually you'll get heart disease and your liver will stop working. So like. I th- I wonder if Murphy's trying to say that we all need this human connection that we're not having, and that's one thing that this is why things are getting so extreme because there's no moderating of like you're having a conversation out and your friends like what the fuck are you talking about and you have a honest conversation it's all about like well I'm not going to be friends with him because he's a liberal or I'm not going to be friends with her because she's a conservative and we're not out and we're not touching each other and we have no actual human contact is making us all susceptible to someone that says I have all of the answers and I'm just like you and also I love you unconditionally I don't have the answers for you <laughs> will you touch me we will we hey, will you know. wouldn't lock pinkies with me just 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 hold my hand Fine. hold my hand just 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 there we touch middle fingers <laughs> um, all become clear in the fullness of time moving on to Michelle from California Beverly's cameraman has the whole shooting incident on videotape. Do you think Beverly will block it from being shown to the public or release her footage? Also, if she does release it, will she show Meadow doing the shooting that will vindicate Allie? If she doesn't release it, won't they find proof of Meadow's hands or fingers to show that she had shot the gun? Plus, the angle of the gun and, yeah, all those things. Plus, the gun will have Meadow's fingerprints all over it. Do you think Allie will be exonerated eventually? And if she is, will she go after Kai hardcore? Uh... I mean, I mean, thank goodness, I Ali is finally going to the police. It's yeah. against her. It's against her will. But now the only thing she has to do is tell them everything. And yeah, it'll be so easy. It'll be so easy. Everything will just unravel. I just think that because this is what confounds me. Meadow I- still has Kai's DNA inside of her because they had sex shortly before. I mean, come on. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, no, She's, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. They had sex, and then she went and talked to Allie, and she was kidnapped. Yeah, there's like a, there's a day or two that's elapsed between this happening. I don't At know. At least a day. A morning and a night. I guess that's still, yeah. That's you still, still got, enough time for DNA to live Kay, Kai Spooge inside of her. Yeah, I, the, here's the thing, though. When confounds me in analyzing the show, and it's unlike any other show that I do except for The Walking Dead, is that you can take all those common sense arguments and try to make predictions, and then oh, Murphy will just, just be like, "No, nah, fuck all that. I didn't know. I didn't know how forensics worked. I'm trying to tell a story here." 
And it's frustrating how little some of these shows try to do this. So it's like, you know, just, in, just, just, we're just, just, along know, for the ride. yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't even think she's going to have a scene in the police station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just living in my fantasy world, just like Ryan Murphy is. <laughs> uh, Travis from California. Uh, Harrison's cop boyfriend will forever be known to me as that super boring guy from Arrow. I think that's what it says on his IMDb. He might be that super bo- uh, boring guy from Teen Wolf, too. Teen Wolf, that's what it's called. On MTV. Maybe. maybe Do you want to tell your Jeff, Jeff B. Davis story? Uh, Jeff B. Davis from the Harmontown podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shares the same name as Jeff Davis, the guy who wrote Teen Wolf. He's the, the showrunner for Teen Wolf. Yeah, uh-huh. and he frequently gets people... Whenever there's an episode that someone's unhappy with or they get rid of a character, he gets a lot of people that tweet at him mm-hmm. angrily. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is he just, he talks, br- like, sometimes he gives them wrong information, sometimes he belittles them, but he never corrects them. So all these people think they've had these weird, demeaning experiences from the showrunner of the show that they love, and really right. they're just too lazy to look up who actually is the person who's responsible for it. Right. I think that's... That is super funny. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sometimes he'll host like a Q&A session uh-huh. <laughs> on his Twitter. Uh-huh. Like, everyone ask your Teen Wolf questions now for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, let us see. I think that's all the emails we got. Uh, AHS at baldmove.com if you'd like to send us feedback. There's also forum threads every week on forums.baldmove.com. Of course, you can follow us on all the social medias. Uh just, just search for Bald Move. They all got search boxes. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy. The Googles. Put in the Googles. And... Bald, yeah. Bald Move Facebook. Boom. You got it. Yeah. Or baldmove.com slash Facebook. You know, slashes or ads. It's, it's, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, wherever you, whatever we're, you. We're, we're everywhere you want to be, except for Snapchat or we're Periscope. What? We yeah. have a Bald Move. Do we have a Periscope account? No. There's zero activity on those is the thing. You don't know that. <laughs> That's true. I've been snapping this, nudes. This... <laughs> <laughs> this mad woman has been under control of uh, our Snapchat account. We gotta have to rest, wrestle it from her. Uh, that's all. That's all we got for this week. Oh, there's there's one other thing before we go. I almost forgot about this. Uh, we have an email that is trafficking and a little bit of a social media spoilers that we're about to consider. So if you want to be spoiler free for the rest of the season and you try to protect yourself from that, you might want to switch off now. Because we are going to be talking about these spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. John from Sylvania, Ohio, writes, I saw a picture of Evan Peters as Andy Warhol on social media, and I read more into it, and I read that Evan is going to play Andy Warhol later this season. Also, episode 10 of 11 is called Charles Manson in Charge. How do you think that Ryan Murphy is going to incorporate Evan Peters as Andy Warhol, and what is going to happen with Charles Manson in Charge? Here it comes. He's going to incorporate him poorly. This is the part where we're done with that first story. That first story we were telling you about. Who cares? Here's some new things to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, there are 11 episodes this season. I don't know. I don't. And... I, I don't know anything about Andy Warhol other than he made a bunch of paintings of soup. And oh, I know a lot he was, about Andy he's Warhol. He's really avant-garde commercial artist. I did not know that he was assassinated. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, by Lena Dunham. Mm-hmm. I believe That's that Valerie, du- Valerie Solanus. Um, so I don't know what they're doing with him and the Charles Manson in charge. Like I'm guessing that is, uh, and there's, an, yeah, obviously Charles Manson episode nine is called drink the Kool-Aid like a jo- Jonestown. Jim Jonestown. Yeah. 
I wonder um, if he's just going to last episode. He's just going to do like a mini American crime story where he's just going to do like this episode's all about this cult and this episode's all about this cult. Right. It seems like that's what they're doing here. Then it seems like Jonestown is winter of our discontent. Hmm. Well, that's winter. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I I wonder if um, and then eleven is great again. Be- ah, mm. you know, I I feel like that they should have the Kool Aid as like the second to last because you know, and then the other thing is like. Charles Manson's um, Helter Skelter kind of Armageddon race war cult. Uh, I feel like they've already done that a bunch. Like that's been this is this is this cult's kind of reason for existence. Right. So like the Kool Aid one, I would think would come later when he's asking his cult to drink the Kool Aid before the end comes, or maybe he's maybe he's poisoned the town's water supply. Or I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know how they're going to tie in Andy Warhol to... Do you know anything about the actual assassination? Was this Valerie character crazy? I don't know. My sister's name's Valerie. She's certifiable. We'll figure out in five days. Five days, huh? Oh, is that... No, no, no. This is not... Oh. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Andy, The Andy Warhol episode is, is this week? This upcoming week? Yeah. Oh. Next, this is the next one. Okay. Well, there you go. Um... <laughs> I have yeah I got I got no theories. It just feels like that they're going to go through the greatest the greatest cult hits. Yeah. Going to get a Heaven's Gate. Is there any Heaven's Gate title? Nope. Oh, bummer. I read them all to you and that's all you get. All right. Well, there you go. That's the last little bit of spoilery stuff. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.